An Indianapolis Colts player is facing a very, very serious allegation. And we're here to talk about it here on Locked On Colts. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. in and making us your first listen of the day this is your daily podcast covering your indianapolis colts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day this episode is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook official sportsbook of the nfl make every moment more visit fanduel.com locked on to get started today i am zach hicks your most notorious film nerd here in colts media land you guys can find my work on horseshell.com and joining me today is one of my colleagues from the site Shad McGinnis, our favorite insider in all of uh, Colts land here. On today's episode, we're going to talk about a pending suspension, uh, very lengthy suspension coming for a Colts player. Uh, we will talk about that. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some young cornerbacks that could step up in the absence of that potential player. One Before we get into the conversation today, guys, I'm going to pull, pull it back a little bit. Uh, Destin Adams, our colleague over at HorseshoeHuddle.com, has put out a report that the player facing this major allegation of sports betting uh, in this report basically said that this player has placed um, a pervasive amount of bets, hundreds of bets from a friend's account, including bets on the Colts over the past year. Uh, Again, of all the, in the grand scheme of the world, this is not the biggest allegation, but in terms of playing in the NFL, this is as big an allegation as you can get. Uh, This player According to Destin Adams' report, and I'm sure, I'm assuming you know we're recording this right now at six o'clock on uh, Monday afternoon or Monday evening. I'm assuming by the time this post or whenever you guys are listening, uh, the, the name will be out a little bit more. But it's going to be Isaiah Rogers, senior cornerback for the Colts, a young player who is looking to have a big impact this year. Uh, and unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be a pretty massive suspension for him. Uh, we're not going to kill him on this episode. Uh, for for all you guys tuning in and and wanting us to lambast this kid, we're not going to do it. Uh, he made a major mistake, and we're going to talk about what is likely happening from here with him and with the Colts. Uh, and we're going to talk about young players that can step up in his absence. Uh, but we're not going to sit here and we're not going to rail on some 25-year-old kid who made a life-changing mistake. Uh, this is a massive mistake for him. And we're not we're just not going to do it. Uh, so if you guys are trying to tune in to listen to that and listen to us yell about how stupid this kid is and stuff like that. We're not doing it. He made a mistake. I'm sure he knows that. And he's got to live with that for the rest of his life. So it sucks. It sucks, but we're not going to sit here and talk too much about Isaiah Rogers, senior, the player. We're going to try to talk more about why this is a serious allegation, why this is serious penalties that he's facing and where the Colts kind of go from here. So Shad to kind of kick this off again, we're not, we're going to remove the player name from this for the rest of the episode. We're not going to talk about it like this, but to kind of put this in perspective, you know, Jamison Williams from the Detroit Lions suspended eight games for placing a bet on a separate sport within the Detroit Lions facility. Uh, then you have Calvin Ridley suspended for placing a $1,500 parlay on the Falcons. He spent it for an entire year. The player on the Colts that is being accused of this and being investigated for this uh, reportedly placed hundreds of bets, including including bets on the Indianapolis Colts. So for people trying to look at 
what we could be seeing with the suspension here, Shad, this has to be like indefinite, like for his career, right? Yeah, <clears throat> the ramifications is going to be something unprecedented as far as what we've saw in the NFL so far, because this was the one thing that the NFL as a league was afraid of when it decided to go this route and introduce sports betting and partner up with different companies. And it was just worried so much about the integrity of the game. And I think they're going to look at this and they're going to make an example out of the out of this player you know he's going to be on national news all the talking heads are going to have things to say which is why i i agree you know and i shared that 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 feeling that you had that we, we don't need to pile up on this kid it's more about what he did than than telling him about himself for what he's done you yeah. know he, he he made a mistake and, and i think we're going to see a suspension that's that's unprecedented and i don't even know if you call it a suspension it may be he may be altogether banned you know, yeah. when you think about, you know, a multiple hundred over hundreds of individual bets, some including the team that you play for. That's when the integrity part of it comes to play. And I think you're going to see the NFL try to make an example out of this kid. Yeah. Unfortunate um, that it's going to happen to him again. I, I've had a relationship with him. I've talked to him a lot over the years. He's not a bad kid. So, again, guys, for all of you who are upset about this, please don't go piling up on him. He knows I, I'm I guarantee he knows he did something wrong and the suspension's gonna prove that. He will most likely never play in the NFL again. He doesn't need people piling up. So please abstain from going after this kid for it. Um again, it's just it's just a really unfortunate situation for everyone involved. Uh but talking about just the Colts perspective here, you know, the Colts have said that they're aware of the investigation. Uh, I believe the Indiana um like Bureau of Gaming or whatever it is that controls uh, sports betting within Indiana has already said they're aware of this. Uh, so it's, it's very real. It's happening. Uh, they're probably just discussing in terms of suspension and ban. And I would assume the Colts are discussing a release of this player of this player as well. Like I, I feel confident the Colts are going to release him the second that the ban or the suspension comes down, but shot, we have to uh, talk about what the Colts are going from here. I mean, just talking from a team perspective, you know, like, how do I want to phrase this? You know, it's like, how do you deal with kind of a, a thing? Like, what are your thoughts overall on how the Colts can kind of move on from this? Like, this is, this is big, man. This is big. Yeah. And, you know, we, we're a bit higher on Isaiah Rogers because, you know, we kind of watch him. We kind of watch the detail and watch what his, what his potential is, what he can be. You know, because we don't have the the sample a large enough sample size to see him consistently over a season, but you know we have a large enough sample size to be able to evaluate him at the NFL level, and and the, where he was in his career, man, you you just saw the trajectory, you just saw the potential. Even as a guy size wise, that's not an ideal fit in this defense, still just happened to make plays and make plays and make plays, and that's why he was getting playing time. He wasn't getting playing time because of you know, they what they thought he could be. He was actually making the plays when he was put in position. And it, it's such a huge blow. But, you know, he wasn't a Gus Bradley guy. Let, let's yeah. be honest here. You know, he wasn't a prototypical Gus Bradley guy or or else we would have saw him dominate, you know, starter snaps from the beginning of the season because there was no reason why he shouldn't have been out there as CB2 opposite of Stefan Gilmore because he was clearly the next best corner on the roster. He was even better than Kenny Moore, you know, for last season. And 
the, the steady trajectory he was on was was so high because he was able to play in a system that's not even really conducive to his skill set, really, you mm-hmm. know, and, and highlight the things that he that he does really well. But he was still able to adjust his game and find a way to consistently make plays in the defense that's not even catered to his playing style. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's unfortunate. And honestly, again, I'm not going to sit here and say the rules are wrong here. I'm not going to sit here and say. Mm-hmm that he, you know he did something good or he did something great but right the heart breaks for a young player throwing away his entire career That's Whether, what regardless of what the the thing is you know obviously there's multiple ways that this can happen for young players it can be injuries it can be something really stupid like this um it, it just it it sucks for this kid uh and and i'm heartbroken there but guys we're gonna move on past this heavy topic and yeah and and stuff like that me tear up that. right i know right like i'm not it, it just sucks man it's yeah sucks, i saw but... I, I like i say um and i'm gonna be real quick uh you know as a person like i said my brother you know my brother played professional football and he only played for three years in the nfl similar to isaiah rogers but it was the injuries that took him out but just mm-hmm. seeing a guy devote his whole entire life to get to that point and to see something, anything, no matter whether it's sports betting, uh, injuries, or any other decision that you made take taken away from you. I saw what it did to him firsthand. And man, it's tough, man. Everybody don't bounce back. Everybody don't land on their feet. You know, it's not, it's not a movie. It's not a book where everything has a happy ending. I, I just hope that, you know, he's able to recover from this mistake that he's made and he's able to land and find something that's as fulfilling to his life as football was for him. Yep. Yep. So moving past that, guys, we're going to talk about players on the Colts roster, players that can step up uh, in the absence of this player being suspended for the season and for the rest of his career. Uh, And we're going to focus on the three rookies that the Indianapolis Colts took in the 2023 NFL draft. But next or first, sorry, but first, a word from FanDuel, America's America's number one sports book. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs ahead of the Heat Nuggets final. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And everydayers, make sure you are caught up with all of your Locked On Colts content. I know you guys are. You guys are here every single day, uh, but especially this week because uh, in the mundaneness that is this offseason, we're going to have a pretty busy and heavy week with this uh, thing that we just talked about in the yes. first segment. Uh, so all you everydayers, make sure you have your alarm set for early in the morning all week because uh, this is going to be a big topic. Yeah, man. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Chad. So moving on, talking past this topic and talking about guys on the Colts roster. This is a big opportunity for a bunch of young players on the team. Most notably, Julius Brents, the corner they took in the second round out of Kansas State, formerly of uh, Iowa. He went to Iowa early in his career from that quarters coverage, then goes to Kansas State, plays a little more cover three, a little bit more man. Uh, Last season at Kansas State, only allowed 24 receptions on 52 targets. So it's only 46% completion percentage when targeted, four interceptions, three pass breakups, and three touchdowns allowed. Uh, what were your thoughts on Julius Brents coming into the draft, Shad? Uh, I like them as a prospect, more so for the Colts than I did as an overall eva- evaluation. You know, his size and his length, 
is going to be bothersome from day one for for opposing wide receivers. You know, I, I still think he's extremely raw, but I love the fact that he disrupts timing of wide receivers, something the coach just didn't have because the cornerbacks just wasn't allowed to. But we started to see a little bit more of it last season. So I right. think that's that's going to be something highlighted this year. Uh, cover three guy through and through as far as his body size, his skill set. You know, he's a willing tackler. I think he's a much better – I think he's better in zone than he is actually in man coverage, in my opinion. You know, there were some things I didn't like about him. My, my comp for him was was Brandon Browner. He kind of reminded me a lot of Brandon Browner uh, coming when he played in Seattle in, in some of those Gus Bradley defenses. I, I think Juju Brins can be a, a really good corner and a, definitely a plus starter as, as long as he's in a system that's conducive to his skill set. Because unlike Isaiah Rodgers, he's the model guy for this defense that Gus Bradley wants to play. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some of the negatives and some concerns going forward, but as a starter in year one, I love what you said there about disrupting timing. He's very good disrupting timing, whether that's in his zone drops or that's at the line of scrimmage, he's going to make you adjust your route and he's going to throw off that timing between the quarterback. Uh, I love his eyes and zone coverage. Uh, you're playing in that match scheme at Iowa. Uh, he's really good at shuffling back and, you know, reading when he got to drop back, when he's got to come up. Uh, extremely explosive, extremely fluid for a player of his size and length is so good to see. And he's certainly, a, a, you know, he, he's a swing at the fences. You know, this is a player yeah. where within three years he could be out of the league. <laughs> he, he could start like because he's very raw and he has a lot of a, a long way to go before he's mm-hmm. going to be a star. But when you look at what he can do and what he can be, it's kind of like the Anthony Richardson pick, <laughs> you know, it kind yeah. of is in a lot of yeah. ways, like you're it drafting is. him for what he can be. And even if you're to throw him out there in the fire in day one, and it's just not good whatsoever, like you're betting on that potential. We have not seen a corner with his length and his size and be that fluid and be that explosive before. We just, we just don't see it. Uh, I will say one concerning aspect I have about him, <laughs> and this is partially on me as a, as an evaluator, I fall in love with big, long, lengthy quarters every year. I love them. I love them to death. Really? Isaiah, that's, that's, they have your soft spot? Isaiah Rogers must be an outliner. outliner well, he was super long, at least. He was super well, yeah, long. Yeah, right. But yeah, yeah. But I have forever, when it comes to the draft, Isaiah Oliver, uh, Akella Witherspoon, oh. uh, Garyon Conley, Jeff Okuda, like those long, lengthy, really smooth and quick corners. I always love them. And I think you guys know where I'm going with why I'm concerned about this. None of those guys really panned out. <laughs> Isaiah Oliver, uh, I just didn't like the way they used him. Uh, uh, yeah. He, he hadn't played a lot of slot. And yeah. it, it was it was odd to me. Like, I, I never really got it. I thought he was best on a boundary. But yeah, uh, this this is not a, a Falcons, I guess. <laughs> right, right. But if you look at all these guys, I mean, I know Kuda had a major injury, which kind of slowed him down. Mm-hmm. And Witherspoon's been like fine. Yeah, but for the, for the most part, that that mold doesn't really hit the the big long corner that's fluid and explosive, but doesn't have the long speed. It really hasn't hit. And Julius Brents is kind of that. You know, he's he's long, lengthy, and you love the what he can be, but the long speed's not there. I don't think it's ever going to be there with him like he's not going to be a guy who can turn and run with uh jameson williams or can turn and run with a uh tyreek hill like nobody can run with tyreek hill but you know what i mean like he's not gonna be able to turn and run with with high level speed wide receivers and then he's a little grabby he you know the technique is still not perfect for a guy of his ability like you know you want to see a little bit more growth there and i'm I'm concerned about that trend even though me personally who still loves those long athletic corners who are like multi-sport athletes who can you know have quick feet super explosive like 
I always fall for this type. And I, I want to believe, but I'm a little nervous of my own biases here, you know? That, that's odd because some of those guys are some of the best athletes that's in the draft. You know, some of those guys you're talking about. And you think with that size and that kind of athleticism, you'll be able to put it together. But you can see, like, at least his flaws are things that's correctable. You know, like, you can't correct that explosiveness. You can't add, you know, size, that length. But the things, you know, when he gets beat, he panics. He becomes yeah. he becomes handsy. He doesn't trust his technique. He immediately bails everything on everything he was taught, and you see it immediately. You know, and if you could get him to just trust his technique a bit more in some of those situations, he still has a big frame. So even when he's beat, the quarterback still have a difficult throw to make because they have to get that throw up and over him. And like you said, this is a guy that's six two six three with with a forty inch you know vertical. Like quarterbacks are going to have a tough time layering those, dropping those balls in over you. So if you just trust your technique a little bit and, and stop grabbing so much, I think you'd be in much better position than even he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. One one more thing I'll say about him before we move on to our other two guys we're going to talk about is I think year one's going to be ugly. I, I think he's going to start. Yeah. I think he's going to start all year. And I think there's going to be some really good moments. Like there's going to be some really nice pass breakups, uh, especially mm-hmm. on like in breaking routes where he's in his cover three drop oh, and he's yeah. coming downhill. Like he's, he's going to make some really nice plays and maybe finish here with like two or three picks. Like it, it's going to mm-hmm. be a good season for him in terms of that. But I think the penalties are going to be up. Uh, I think yep. it's going to be very similar to Rocky sins first year in terms of penalties and just getting beat deep and kind of panicking when he gets beat deep. Uh, but it's all about that learning curve. It's all about him adjusting to what's ha- happening and where he goes from there. Like we saw with Rocky Sin that first year, it was like, oh my gosh, this is not an NFL corner. Like right. <laughs> this guy does it not was, belong in the terrible. field. Yeah. And I'm not saying Rocky Sin's the superstar corner now, but he's about to be another starting corner for another team. Like he's started each of the last three years given for three different teams, but he's a starting NFL corner. He's like, a plus starter for sure. Yeah, he's a plus yeah. starter for a team. You know, he just got mm-hmm. a decent deal from the Ravens. He's going to be starting with them. So I, I think Julius Brents is a better prospect than Rock was, and I think his potential is higher than Rock's ever was. But I think we're going to see similar struggles in year one because of how raw his technique is, because his tendency to get grabby and panic a little bit. It's all about where he goes after that. And the good thing with this, too, is he's going to get a ton of snaps this year. Like, yeah. he's going to get a crazy amount of snaps. So maybe we'll see an improvement, not even that takes like, you know, into year two, maybe the improvement comes in week eight. And then from week eight on, he looks like a better quarter. I'm just saying be prepared for the struggles early, but I do think putting him as a starter this year is going to be better for him in the long term than keeping him on the bench in year one. Yeah. I mean, he's going to learn by getting put in fire, you know, and and I think most of the time, like you said, those short, the intermediate routes, the, the things that he can see, and process with his eyes because that's when he's at his best playing with anticipation playing with feel i think he's going to be fine in that area i think he's actually going to going to excel quicker than people think it's just when he's matched up with some of those guys that's that's four three four three flat guys and, and they just take off up the field if he doesn't get a hand on those guys early and, and kind of disrupt that timing and, and he just has to t- flip his hips and run that's when it's going to be a problem. I, and I think once the guy get a step or two on him, he's going to revert back to old habits. But in, in most situations, because those plays, let's let's be honest, those splash plays, those are going to happen two, three times a game. And you're going to be mad. You're going to be angry. But the other 50, these 50 defensive snaps that I think is going to be pretty decent reps and going to be learning situations for him. And, and I think it's best that he just gets out there. And especially with this news that we got earlier, you know, he's definitely going to see a ton of snaps and probably be matched up with some of the 
better receivers that's in the league. Yeah, yeah, sure. So coming up, guys, we're going to talk about two more rookie corners that the Colts drafted, who uh, now with today's news are certainly in line for more playing time. Yeah. All right, guys, so we're going to talk about Darius Rush and Jalen Jones, two SEC corners that the Colts took on day three. Uh, They're going to round out this quarterback group and honestly have a good shot at maybe starting. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll start with the guy who probably has a decent shot at actually starting in year one. That's Darius Rush uh, from South Carolina. Uh, last year, Rush allowed 18 receptions on 31 targets, which is a 58% completion percentage when targeted. He had two interceptions, six pass breakups, and two touchdowns allowed. Uh, to me, Shad, Rush is a pretty raw prospect, but mm. to get that kind of talent profile where the Colts got him, where you're, you know, six, well, six three, six two, whatever. Yeah. You get former wide receiver, runs a four three, competitive, long, good tackler. I'm shocked they got him where they did, but I'm not complaining. You know, I'm feeling pretty good about where they got him. <laughs> I had a much higher grade on him, you know, as, as a prospect than where he got drafted. I, I thought it was crazy that he was still up there. And the fact that he's a former wide receiver, you know, that lets you know that there's still a ton of upside, still a ton of things that he can tap into a, as a player. I was watching Cam Smith, actually, when he caught my eye. And, and, and I heard so much about Cam Smith, and I'm like, Who's the other guy that's on the other side that that just looks like a ball? And I think that comes from him being a receiver. The way he attacks deep balls when they're in the air, man, you can see the former receiver in him comes out the way he fights for those balls. I think he's going to be great out on the boundary because he crowds your space. He really does. When, When you're running routes, he squeezes you to that sideline, and that's what you want from your boundary corner. I, I don't think he's versatile enough to play inside and out, but I think he's perfect if you're going to keep him predominantly on the boundary. You know, uh, he has weaknesses in his game because he's just so raw. You know, he hasn't mm-hmm. been playing a cornerback position for long at all, but I think with more snaps, the same, pretty much in the same vein as we were speaking about with Juju, I think he actually, because of the long speed that he has and his ability to turn and run, I think he has a bit more upside, in my opinion, than maybe Juju. I think Juju would be better as far as route diagnosing and just watching anticipation-wise and feel of the game. I think Juju would be better. But I think just the physical aspect of just turning and run with a guy, if you need a guy that can just flat out go, I, I think Darius Rush has that type of potential. Yeah, it's interesting. I think if, if the, you know, the Colts typically don't like – follow receivers with their corners they won't have mm-hmm. like you know they won't have Darius Rush falling around falling around like a Tyree Kill type guy but right if they were to do something like that you would almost always want Darius Rush over top the speedster and Julius Brent's on the other side where the safety is gonna be rolling a little bit more for help uh, it's actually you know when they go to their cover threes on uh on like third and longs or whatever when they go to their cover three match typically the backside corner is the one who's going to be in man coverage he's going to be up up in press he's going to be covering guys like all the way down the field and then the other side corner is going to be getting into that cover three drop and keeping their eyes down low that you know you kind of have rush as the guy on the island and then you have brents on uh the cover three drop with the zone eyes i think that can kind of work so you know i'm not saying it's going to be perfect in year one with these two guys there's going to be some really ugly moments they are young corners uh Young, pretty inexperienced in raw corners, but you could see the upside. You could see the path to success with both these guys. And one more thing with Darius Rush, too, is he's a phenomenal gunner, like phenomenal yeah. gunner. Uh, now, if he's starting for you next year, he's not going to be your gunner. But, you know, if if someone like Dallas Flowers, for instance, is starting, then Darius Rush could be a pretty good gunner for you as well. So I think there's there's a lot of potential for Rush in multiple ways with this team. Uh, but let's talk about the big wild card now. 
Jalen Jones uh, from uh, Texas A&M, I believe, is where he uh, comes from last year. Only allowed 10 receptions on just 19 targets last year. So 52% completion percentage, no picks, one pass breakup, and no touchdowns allowed. It's the most, uh, you know, it's the most raucous in season ever. You know, just never targeted, never attacked. And and he was the cornerback one there at Texas yeah. A&M. Like he was, he was their top guy. It's just never targeted. You know, he was getting back in those zone drops and nobody was going after him. But Jalen Jones, I think... The, again, the long speed's concerning, yeah. much more concerning with him than it even is Julius Brents, but he's kind of a baller underneath, man. I I, I kind of love this pick in the seventh round. I mean, getting a battle-tested SEC corner that late in the draft, like, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by him. Yeah, man, when you're an experienced starter in the SEC, you know, that kind of raises a little optimism for you because if we was a cover two defense like the coach used to be, He'd be the perfect guy you want around the line of scrimmage, like playing in that short area just because he's physical. He's really he's real physical cornerback. I like him as a tackler. I, I'm concerned in him. Same concern I have with Juju, but but even more concerning because Juju has shown the ability to, to go downfield. I, uh, I watched him in the TCU game and Quinn, Quinn Johnson won his fair share of reps, but Juju was strong right there at the catch point. Jalen Jones really concerns me because if he's put in situations like that, like you say, with that cover three, he could never be the guy on the backside, you know, mm-hmm. running running with those guys. I think that, that role will be reserved for Darius Rush or, or Dallas Flowers, a guy with good, good size as well, I think, and good speed, I think, can do that into can play that role as well. I'm sorry. But um, Jalen Jones, big physical guy, experienced in the SEC. That, that That's what you want when you're looking at some of these guys, you know, there was a lot of good cornerbacks in the SEC. And I think as long as he was able to match up with those talents, it just was difficult to evaluate them because they just didn't look his way. You Mm -hmm. know, when I was watching his tape and I'm like, you will literally go games without seeing him get a pass, even attempted his way. But I know he's not as long as the other guys, but he is six foot two. So that the size is there. I know he's over 200 pounds. He was a shade slower than, than Brent was, but, as far as the explosive, the leaping ability and the physicality, I, I think he's there, right there with Juju. Yeah, yeah. For me, again, when it comes to these late round picks, you're taking shots in the dark. Uh, you're just mm-hmm. you're just seeing what can work. And for me personally, even if he ran like a four six or something, if I'm seeing an SEC corner there in the seventh round who started for multiple seasons, look, if you could run with the SEC talent, you can run with NFL guys. You know, like, uh, sure, we've seen guys like Cam Dantzler just not have the success when they were slower college guys who dominated in the SEC. But I'm willing to continually take shots at that. It's kind of like with Darius Rush, you know, where Darius Rush is very similar to the Marvell Tell experiment. Like, it's extremely Uh, similar to that. Just take shots at that, though, because maybe you only hit one out of every, like, five shots you take at this mold, but... When you hit, you get a Richard Sherman. Like, it's incredible you know? value, too. Yeah, you know, that late yeah. in the draft to get a, a plus starter. I mean, a superstar is a Richard yeah. Sherman, Hall of Famer, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But, I, like, they don't even have to be Richard Sherman. Just for them to be, like, adequate starters. If they can even churn yeah. out what Isaiah Rogers did the last couple of seasons, exactly. that's a success. You know, that's a success. And I think these guys have the potential and, you know, both, again, being SEC corners the last couple seasons, they are battle-tested players that are ready to come in and compete from day one. It'll be ugly. It'll certainly be yeah. ugly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to yeah, be the, ugly. The youth movement is in full effect, though. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it certainly is. All Like, it, it's going to be ugly with these three young corners. 
but I love the potential of each of them. And honestly, when you have a season where you're going to be starting a 21 year old quarterback uh, for a majority of the year, and you're going to be rolling with your first time head coach in his first season, adjusting yeah. to a new scheme, why not go young? Just see what you have. Like, I, I know they're kind of getting forced into it now because of this horrible news that came out today, but why not? Why not go young? Just, just get the young kids out there, get them playing time. And if they burn and they, and they just stink, then you can know where to go next off season. You know where exactly. to address next year, but maybe, maybe just one of these three or two of these three show to be real NFL players, like roll with them. I, I'm, I'm confident yeah, these three guys at least playing well enough to, to be something notable going forward. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at it like that, if you go out and sign a vet of somebody that's going to take snaps away from these guys, what are you talking the difference between th- four wins and six wins? <laughs> you know, like it, it's not a good team. It's not a good roster, you know, so you might as well evaluate what you have and see what you could build up on moving forward. I, I'm all about that. Now, the people that's expected to make the playoffs and make deep playoff runs, they're going to be upset with you. But, I mean, I think all of us with realistic expectations, you know, getting a guy, bringing a guy in that may be serviceable but doesn't have the upside that these guys have but will hinder their growth, I think would be the wrong move to make in this situation, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Roll with the young kids. Now that, um, again, major wrench thrown in, you were expecting to roll with another young corner that you had a little more confidence in. But you know what? You took these three players. There's some level of confidence in each of them. And heck, if they get beat out by Dallas Flowers, give Dallas Flowers the snaps. If they get right. beat out by Tony Brown, give Tony Brown the snaps, I guess. I, well, that kind of goes against what we're saying. But the other ones, you, know, you, could go, you can go with the other ones. But Not Tony uh, no. Brown. No, yeah. I mean, I like Tony Brown. Like, but yeah, He's a good player. He's yeah. a great player. Special, special teams, too. Yeah. I like Tony yeah. Brown. Yeah, yeah. But that's all we have for today, guys. Every day is make sure you're tuning in for the rest of this week. Again, we're going to have a lot to talk about with this uh, upcoming suspension for a player that we all love. And and it's very unfortunate that he made such a horrible mistake. But we're going to talk about it here uh, this week on Locked on Colts. And before we close it out, again, I do want to reiterate, please don't go to this guy's like pages and social medias and berate him about it. He's a kid who made a major mistake. You know, it, it's something he shouldn't have done. He knows it. Please, 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 please don't go over and berate him for it, though. Just you can call him stupid underneath our channel here. That's fine. You can keep it in these comments. Uh, keep it fairly respectful. Don't say anything horrible. But, you know, you can say it was a dumb decision, but don't go further than that. Uh, but if you guys don't already, make sure you're following at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, at Zach Hicks 2, and at Shad McGinnis, all on social media. So you get all your news and updates with this uh, breaking story. Also, subscribe to Locked on Colts podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd love your guys' ratings and reviews, and we'll see you guys bright and early tomorrow morning.